Hey guys, it's Jim with Crawfordology. We've got a big show for you today. We're going to be bringing up the difficult conversation. It's the elephant in the room. Black Lives Matter. What do they really mean to do? And what do they mean to you in American tradition? Stay tuned. Hey guys, I know that uh, you know what crazy times we're living in today. We've got uh, we've got a number of things all happening at once, from uh, COVID nineteen recovery to stock markets ups and downs. I mean, look at the rocket ride the stock market's been on, and now here we are with suddenly it's twenty twenty, and we're seeing the race riots from the nineteen sixties. But are they really? And are they really? tied back to the, the, the same types of thinkers, the same types of leaders. We're going to be joined today in the show, so I want you to stay tuned because this is really going to be an interesting show. We've got two leaders joining us. One is a gubernatorial candidate from Virginia. The other is a business leader from New Jersey. Uh, we're, we're, going to, we're going to get to those folks. You're not going to want to miss those segments, so make sure you, you stay tuned. But first, we're going to start with a visit to the Black Lives Matter website. And what I really want to show you is straight from their website. Okay, so so Simon's brought up the Black Lives Matter page. Now, I want you to notice this is the original. If you'll just scroll down. so Yeah, there you go. So you can see the full screen. The URL is blacklivesmatter.com. This is their primary site. Defund the police. Click that link. So here's what I want you to see. And, and if you are living in a dystopian society where you think that it is a good world that we would live without police, without law and order, without being able to pick up the phone and dial someone who is going to come put their life on the line when needed. If there's a gunman, if there's somebody breaking into your house, if there's some violent act happening, we have men and women who've signed up and said, I'm here for you, and here because of this movement, we are talking about defunding them nationally, or that is at least the goal here. Now, I want to point out, you know, he, he's a common villain to conservatives. George Soros contributed $30 million to this group. Uh, the Ford Foundation also contributed a significant amount to this group. This group has been funded substantially over $100 million, not including your individual donations. So $100 million for, go back to that screen, to give you the idea to defund the police. Now, if you don't think that's crazy, just read on here. We demand investment in our communities and the resources to ensure black people not only survive but thrive. Well, let me tell you, if you've been watching the videos of survival in these communities as people are throwing bricks through windows, setting buildings and police cars on fire, you need the police. You need the police. If you want to live safely in these communities, you need the police. I don't want to invest in a community where its inhabitants are going back and burning the city down and then asking me to reinvest in their community. This sounds like insanity to me. But we have Black Lives Matter here, and one of the things that, uh, that they're picking up is not only do they want this, you know, get rid of the police. Why don't they just actually say, we are a completely different way of living. We don't believe in Judeo-Christian values we don't believe in capitalism. We don't believe in law and order as you see it. Let's, uh, let's scroll back to the Black Lives because what I want you to do now is go to 
the uh, the primary. Let's go back up to the About Us tab here on on Black Lives Matter. So so this is the About Us tab, and what they're talking about here. This is what we believe in. Now, if you believe in these things, if these things are critical to you, they have nothing to do with the uh, the false narrative of systemic racism that is being pushed throughout American society today. I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. Surely it does. Surely there are people, but those folks have been by far minimized. On every one of these cities, we can see council members, we can see uh, mayors, we see governors, we see, uh, we've had presidents in the United States now, elected two times, that was an African-American man. So it's very hard to see that these sorts of, uh, the systemic racism, as they, as they claim, uh, will be enhanced or, or corrected by these types, of, by defunding the police department, by disrupting the Western prescribed nuclear family, structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children. So basically what they're saying is they want to go back to North America pre-introduction of European society. We want a, a tribal environment where you are looking at a village-like community that raises and rears the kids, a very socialist-style government. Now, why might they say that? They don't want a Western society because, let's go to the other, the other article here about uh, two-parent families in, in, um, in society today. Um, now, the other one that we looked at, uh, the Census Bureau over there, the high, high percentage. There you go. So I want you to look. This is, uh, this is from the Census Bureau. Uh, Afro.com Census Bureau, higher percentage black children live with single mothers. So here we have a, a situation uh, broken down by race. The statistics show stark differences. Okay, 74.3% of white children below the age of 18 live with both parents. Only 38.7% of African-American minors can say the same. Now, this is a tragedy, and this is a tragedy that has been uh, pushed out to you thank thanks to a Democrat political system that has pushed very hard to, to have you reliant upon the state instead of reliant upon your own capabilities. These are very capable folks. I know a lot. You're going to see two very capable African-American leaders who are going to be on the show later. You don't want to miss that. Uh, Marjorie Perry has been one of the top 25 entrepreneurs in New Jersey. Uh, she's well-educated. We're also classmates, and, and I will tell you, she's going to have a different take on this. Um, what can we say? What can we say to people who believe that the answer is break everything, is break the system because I don't like the way it works? Well, I can tell you personally, when I see what's, what's going on in the cities, I don't care for that. I'm not willing to fund that type of uh, insanity. We've, we've got the best economy, the best, freest country in the world, the largest basis of opportunity from any country in the world. You can come here from any place and become a successful person, a successful member of society. You can come here, start a business, work in a business, be part of something, 
and and we are one of the few countries where you see people willing to rage oceans, deserts, uh, whatever means necessary to get here. They All they want is a part of that American dream. And we see these communities who've been so disenfranchised and so misled by their leadership that there is a white bias against them, that there are people who don't care for them, who don't want them to be successful. You know, we are, we are literally building a mindset an interpretation that is false. And when you believe it, you need to look and see where your funding's coming from, why are these people doing this, and what will benefit them. We know George Soros lives and dies off of uh, the, the trading market. He doesn't need the money. It's a game to him. The world is a chessboard. It's, a, it's the game of life, and he's manipulating the hands. He's stacking the deck so that when you pick up the card, it's... Uh, it's not free parking, but it's the go directly to jail. And he's betting on who will land where. And that's one of the ways he makes more money. So what we have to be very careful about is that when we see these types of things being put out, that we at least pause, go to the site and read it. You know, earlier in the week, we didn't want to make an assessment on Black Lives Matter. We really said this is, uh, this is disruptive to do it this way. So we, we wanted to be smart. Um, now, this is a great opportunity for us to introduce uh, Marge Perry. So, hey, guys, I, I mentioned in the first half of the show that we have a really special guest today, and really special doesn't completely tell the story. Marjorie Perry, I'm going to give you a little bit of her bio. She's the president and CEO of MZM Construction and Management Company. Um, she has been on every television show known to man including MSNBC, CBS, ABC. Uh, she's, uh, she's one of the New Jersey business women. She's in the Hall of Fame, okay? She was recognized by Bloomberg, by Goldman Sachs, as one of the top 15 businesses in the country to watch. Uh, she's the real deal, the no joke. And my good friend from Harvard OPM, Marjorie Perry. Marge, thanks for uh, joining us. Oh, you know, anything for you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. So you and I've had some good conversations over the last uh, last couple of weeks. And and to uh, to to kind of make it clear to the group. So Marge and I shared a living group for three weeks. So Marge had to put up with me and some <laughs> other guys. Marge was the sole female in our living group. And she had, you know, stinky guys, bad mannered guys. And she had to deal with us. But oh, she was running the show. I'm telling you, she was running the show at, at OPM. So, um, Marge, you and I have had many conversations about uh, race, about the implications of, of yes. color and business and, and what, uh, what my perceptions are, what, uh, what your perceptions are. The other night we had a conversation offline about uh, the protest and what oh. things looked like there in New Jersey. So... So Marge is, uh, is right outside New York City. She's, uh, she's right in the thick of, uh, you know, 12 million people. So, so Marge can see a, a lot of things going on. Tell us a little bit about what you've seen in New Jersey. Well, as you know, I'm like, uh, pardon me, I'm 15 minutes from Manhattan. And so I'm seeing the protests from the New York side and the New Jersey side. Um, the protests here started out a little bit rough and violent. 
I thought the first four days was more about uh, the looting and uh, the message was getting lost after Mr. Floyd's death. Uh, the, the first thought that everyone had was that everybody's just in pain. And my thought has always been people are angry and tired. Uh, so we've had probably 100 protests just in my 12-mile radius between Manhattan, Bronx, Queens, uh, Hoboken, Jersey City, uh, Newark, New Jersey, East Orange, Hillside. Uh, they're protesting on and on and on and on and on about the outrage of systemic racism as well as the death of Mr. Floyd. So I think... Uh, you and I talked about the other day, the big issue is that will the, will the programs that they're asking for reform actually be changed? Will the protests stay in protest mode without any new actual items that, will, that we can measure and they get done? And what is it like to be Black in America? I fit all of that. Um, so I understand the systemic racism. Uh, one of the things you read was all of the things that I've educated myself to do, because one of the things that I've run into and I've shared with you when we met at OPM is that people see me come in the door and the first thing they see is my color, not my education and background. So I always, I've always had to overcome, listen, I'm really good at what I do. Yeah, listen, I'm really, really talented. Listen, I bring my A game, et cetera. So you have that group of people that's getting involved as well as what you're seeing on the street. So that's my take of what I see here. Those are the calls that I'm on. Uh, that's what I'm relaying to my friends that do not look like me, what's really happening, and what is the true ask out of this. So that's what I see here in the tri-state area. So, so Marge, you, you used a, a buzzword that, that I hear a lot today, systemic racism. So mm -hmm. can you tell me what that what that means to you? Well, you know, uh, remember when I first met you at OPM and we had to go around the room and said, well, what do you think of everybody? <laughs> so, you know, full disclosure, you know, I saw this, you know, handsome white male sitting across from me in construction. My first thought is that you didn't like me because I was black and I was not qualified. That's systemic racism on my end that I brought to the table that I shared with you, which turned out not to be the case. So systemic racism for me, I was on a $400 million project here in the area, and I'm the 51% majority owner, brought money to the table, et cetera. And my partner, who was supposed to take care of the accounting side, because we divvied up what we were going to do, and he sent me a check for $1,700, and plus, uh, I think a check for $50,000, uh, $50 million for something else. I said, oh, the fee amount is so low. His response was, well, you don't do anything but shuffle papers. That's systemic racism. Hmm. So I, I, All so, I do is shuffle papers? Oh, okay. Okay. So, all right. So now this is where, this is where Marge, and I, Marge and I argue about this a good bit. So, so my, my concern about when, when we give uh, – names or we, or we create a lexicon and we're going to say this is what it means or this is what it doesn't mean. My concern is, I, I think I know a lot of white folks who would say they've experienced some of that too. And, it, and, mm -hmm. and because just miscommunication on a job, uh, business is hard generally. 
Um, Marge thinks that everybody sees her blackness uh, first thing when she comes out. I think everybody sees her big smile and personality when she comes in. I think but you that, don't bring that filter to the table. No, and that's 90%. a good point. And that, and let's just talk about your filter. My filter here in the Northeast Mafia Yoso town, <laughs> that's what they see when I walk in the door. And that was the experience that I started to share with you. But that's no. not who you are. So you have a different filter. And if we could get everybody to just stay calm for a minute and just analyze the scenario before there is a automatic judgment, then we have a good day. Then we have a great day. So that's all you and I talk about. Your filter is very different. So what I think is really important is, is, and you're making a good point, Marge, is that just the ability for us to have a conversation, to mm -hmm. even have a difficult conversation right now around mm -hmm. race, mm -hmm. where yes. we're talking about things that we're not likely to see eye to eye on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was born in Kentucky, raised between Kentucky and Ohio, um, mm -hmm. and, and I've experienced a whole different set of, of issues uh, than you have. And I, and I would mm -hmm. bet that uh, probably if we had a, a black woman in construction in Mississippi, she would still have yet again another set of, of things in, in her life's experience. But, you know, one thing we can't deny is that you've been able to, to move beyond whatever uh, was there to hold you back. And, and you mm -hmm. are where you are today. I mean, you're, you've gone to some of the country's finest schools. You're accepted as a leader. I mean, Governor Chris Christie uh, brought you on to his advisory. You, you, have, you have crossed over from Republican to Democrat. And as, as Marge likes to tell me, she's a capitalist. Not, uh, not uh, first and foremost, before being a Democrat or a Republican. And, uh, and I like that because I feel the same way. It's, it's you know, capitalism is the great uh, equalizer. And, yes. and one thing that we can see is that in capitalism, uh, good work, you know, you keep knocking on doors, you keep doing your thing, and you're going to be successful as Marge is. And our, uh, our, our next guest on the show, Marge, after you, is a Virginia gubernatorial candidate, um, uh, also a, a black man who has come up through and has a story of, of his own. So I hope you'll, uh, you'll tune in and see uh, the show later. But before, before we let you go, I, I want to talk about um, your perception on Black Lives Matter because I've, I've taken some time over the weekend to read through the Black Lives Matter site and I don't know if you've if you've had a chance to do that, so I'm catching you off guard. But um, what what do you think about the organization Black Lives Matter? Not not the tagline. I want to differentiate. Not the tagline, right. but the organization. I itself. think that it is the activism of what the NAACP was back in the '50s and the '60s. That's Black Lives Matter. Um, um, and it's equality, justice, and economic empowerment. That's really what it stands for, Black Lives Matter. Uh, and also reform with our police departments around the country. Um, I think when it first started out, it was trying to find its way and where could their messaging get bigger than Black Lives Matter because the Black Lives statement sometimes can intimidate my my friends who do not look like me, not understanding is that a, a racial connotation to maybe a white person because of the term Black Lives Matter. So I think, um, I think their messages is on point. 
Uh, I've looked at their strategic plan for where they want actionable items. They're pretty much sticking to police reform. Um, but we've got a long ways to go because they only seem to include that and not the systemic racism that continues to exist today. Because I'm like you. Just imagine if I'm a 50 or $60 million business and I can hire some of the young people that we see marching who will not be in a situation where maybe they used a $20 bill that was a false bill to be put in the situation to cause all this chaos that has created out of it. That's my social impact to give in my community because I still live right here in this area that's heavily diverse. So that's what I think the message means when I read the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, protests. Um, I think there's probably everybody that you will meet has had some sort of racism thrown at them. Um, and it's just how you deal with it. And the last thing I'll leave you with, I just decided, well, okay, fine. If you have an issue with my color, then it's your problem. I just knew education was my way out. And that's what I continued to stay focused on. And you've done it. And you've done it. So, Marge, I wanted, yes. I just want to encourage you to uh, to go back and take a look because I do know your heart, and I know we've talked about a number of things, and I think that uh, either the Black Lives Matter website has changed since you've looked at it last, um, mm -hmm. and and so I don't want to, I don't, I didn't give you a heads up that we were going to talk about this, and you didn't have the right time to to prepare, but I, I hope you'll go back and look. One of the I things will. that really jumped out at me is is Basically, it is no longer the idea of living in a Western society. And, and I'm not just talking about the defund police movement that they have, which is kind of front and center on the site, but I'm talking about their uh, moving away from the nuclear family, moving away from uh, traditions and, and norms that have, uh, that have been kept. What, what they are looking for is more uh, communal um, type, type systems. Very, if, if you read the language, it's, it's pretty clear. They don't like much about what we have today. So I, I think yeah, but that that's all, I, I'm just going to leave you with this. That's all aspirational because at the end of the day, they cannot, they cannot inactuate all of that without the support of all of our, our brothers and sisters, everybody. No, no. So, so it's, it's very aspirational what they're saying. They do want communal policing. That's for sure. Uh, they can't move away from all the Western traditions and mores that's already in place. I think everybody's entitled to their traditions. It's just a more inclusivity that is my takeaway, even have me not even look at the website. So that's where it'll eventually ease down into inclusivity yeah. instead of exclusivity. So well, that's what they feel. Well, what, what I'm going to ask you to do is take a look, read through that site. I will. And we're going to have you back to really talk about what that means because it, it, it is true that there could be some differences, but, but Marge, we both know words matter. And what you're words asking matter. for is, is one of the things that, uh, or, or what they're asking for, are, are things that really run counter to both capitalism and to our society as a whole. So. Hey, I want to thank you so much. I, I know we're running behind today on, okay, on, okay. Schedule, on schedule. I, I love you, Marge. Thanks for being here. I love here. you too, Jim. Thanks for having right. me. We'll see you next time. Hey, guys. So, look, we've, uh, we, we're always talking these days about these incendiary issues. I think the thing we have to keep closest in our mind is that uh, no matter what, the more we have a conversation 
a, a valid, calm conversation without emotion. Set your emotions aside. Uh, try to understand each other's points of view. And uh, try to do things that really make a difference. And how can we reconcile? How can we build back community? It's not going to be by ripping our communities apart. It's not going to be by destroying the values that have, have built America. It's going to be by, by finding ways to understand each other as things change. It's going to be by, by having uh, difficult conversations, conversations that aren't easy to have and having them frequently and trying to talk through them. Uh, Marge and I have had a few of those and uh, you know, really do uh, wish that uh, we can quickly restore ourselves as a community, get back to a conversation. Look, there are plenty of people voting against the U.S. There are plenty of people who want to see the U.S. fail. We are all together united as Americans, and as Americans, we have to stand up to the rest of the world and push out the ideas of democracy, the ideas of capitalism uh, that has made America the, the best and freest place to live and work in the world. All right, take care. We'll see you next time.